St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, he is more within us than we are ourselves. Elizabeth Ann Seton really fits the description of a woman for all seasons. She is truly a role model for women of today. Although she was always a very refined lady, she never shrunk from any kind of work which would help her or her family, whether it be her children or her ladies. She was a personification of motherhood all her life. She was a Protestant who converted after the death of her husband. She was a widow, a single mother, raising five children under the most impossible circumstances in a male-oriented world. She became a nun and founded a religious community. You name it, Elizabeth Seton did it. Perhaps because she was such a beautiful girl and raised in New York society of the period, it seemed to many that she was able to just breeze through life, doing wonderful things for the people of God, for the church, and for her family, without raising a bead of perspiration. Her life was anything but that. New York City was abuzz with activity in 1774. It was two years before we the people would declare our independence from Britain. So while it was exciting in retrospect, it was also covered by a heavy cloud of apprehension. The Boston Tea Party staged the year before, which brought home the fact that the people of this new world were not happy being taxed up to their hip boots without representation. This had not been received, it had not received any positive reaction from the British, but it did send a strong message across the sea that there was unrest and dissatisfaction in the colonies from the people who were supplying a great deal of income to the mother country. New York was a major port and center for immigrants who came from all over the world. A great deal of income was funneling through this town. However, everyone in New York was walking very gingerly, not knowing what next week or next month would bring from the British. Elizabeth's gradual but steady walk towards the Lord was almost as if she knew how much she would need him in the years to come. Soon on the heels of the death of her father came the downfall and destruction of her own husband, her will, friend and lover of her young years. He was completely crushed and when his business fell apart. Even then he was showing signs of consumption, a precursor to tuberculosis from which his father had died. Will's illness took a few years before it completely incapacitated him. On the morning of December the 27th, 1803, two days after Christmas, eight days after being released from confinement, Will Seton, husband and best friend of Elizabeth, father of their children, <clears throat> went to his re reward. The Lord had prepared him throughout his, throughout his life. Elizabeth was 29 years old. Thus began Elizabeth's walk to the Catholic Church. At the death of her husband, Elizabeth symbolically shed her former life and began to don the cloak of the Sisters of Charity, although it would be a little over five years before that would become a reality. We believe that everything Elizabeth Seton did in her life was a preamble to the time she would begin the first free Catholic school in the United States and her community of sisters in Emmonsburg, Maryland. We believe that Elizabeth Seton's life was packed full because the Lord had so much to accomplish in such a little time. The next few years will be as joyful and sorrowful as her previous 29. It began with her mourning period. Actually, the Lord did not allow her a period of mourning. 
that time in quarantine and the eight days following were as much morning time as Elizabeth could be allowed. The Lord had too much work for her to do. She abandoned everything to God. And on March the 14th, 1805, she made her profession of faith to the Catholic Church, accepting all the doctrines of the Council of Trent. On March the 20th, 1805, Elizabeth made her first confession. She stated it was one of the greatest experiences in her life. She exclaimed, it is done. Easy enough, the kindest, most respectful confessor is this Father O'Brien, with the compassion and yet firmness in his work of mercy, which I would have expected from our Lord himself. On March the 25th, 1805, Feast of the Annunciation, she received First Holy Communion. This is the date given as the date of her entrance into the Catholic Church. She said of this occasion for which she had waited for over a year. At last, at last, God is mine and I am his. Now what? Elizabeth had in effect married the Catholic Church. She had embraced everything Mother Church taught and accepted the articles of faith as handed down by the Council of Trent and all the councils over the last 1,800 years. She prayed the Nicene Creed as we would say the Pledge of Allegiance to the United States when we were, when we were a patriotic country. Everything should have been wonderful. All her troubles should have ended. She had made the right decision, but they weren't. All of her troubles were not finished. As a matter of fact, things could not have been worse for Elizabeth Seton. Catholic, she had lowered her social status. Catholicism was the faith of the maids and servants, street people, immigrants. God, yes, so many immigrants. In May 1806, Elizabeth shared with the Archbishop her secret, a longing she had for years, which she had never stated openly to anyone. She wanted to live the life of a religious in a convent where she could teach. The Archbishop gave her a special gift. He gave her a week's instruction in preparation for her reception of the Sacrament of Confirmation. She was thrilled with this, not only the honor of having the Archbishop give her this personal attention, but to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. On May the 26th, 1806, she was confirmed, taking the name Mary as her confirmation name. From that time forward, she asked to be called Mary Elizabeth Ann Seton. She had it all, the mother of God, the cousin of God, and the grandmother of God, the mother of Mary. <clears throat> Archbishop Carroll addressed her all her correspondence from that time on to Mary Elizabeth Ann Seton. Elizabeth put herself completely in the hands of the Lord who would decide what and when anything should happen. However, we believe the Lord turned most of it over to Father DeBoer who determined that this was going to be an operational convent before the end of the year. To that end, he made up a set of preliminary rules. He advised Elizabeth to begin accepting young ladies into the community. He received her vows of religion, permitting her to adopt a habit and gave her the title of mother. The girls began arriving on December the 8th, 1808, but Elizabeth did not take her vows and receive her habit and title until March the 25th, 1809, Feast of the Annunciation, and exactly four years to the day from her entrance into the Catholic Church. Mother Seton and the first group of sisters left Baltimore the beginning of June and arrived at their temporary home, Father Du Bois' home, at the parish of St. Joseph in Emmitsburg, Maryland. It took a month before their little home was completed. Just prior to that time, the second group of Sisters of Charity came out arriving towards the end of July. The official date of the move-in 
to the new home was the feast of St. Ignatius of Loyola, July the 31st. Cecilia Seton, Elizabeth's stepsister, came and joined the community. Her sister Harriet Magdalene Seton also joined. Many, many people came. The Lord was building community. The Lord's other plan in the Elizabeth Seton Sisters of Charity agenda was the creation of the parochial school system in the United States. As the community of sisters was being developed on a parallel course, the parochial school system was evolving. From the meager beginnings of a widow Seton in New York as mistress to a lot of boisterous children, to her teaching in the first school in Baltimore, the plan was developing and maturing. On February the 22nd, 1810, the first three students from the parish of Emmitsburg entered the Catholic school there run by the Sisters of Charity. This was, in effect, the beginning of the parochial school system in the United States. Under the direction of Archbishop Carroll and Mother Seton, the Catholic parochial school system soared and blossomed, bringing quality education to all Catholics in the country. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton died on January the 4th, 1821. She was 46 years old. She gave us the formula of her life. I am sick, but not dying, troubled on every side, but not distressed, afflicted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Knowing the affliction of this life is but a moment, while the glory in the life to come will be eternal. Thank you, Mother Seton, for giving yourself to us. We love you. Please load our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Here is how to download our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Simply, with your iPhone or Android device, go to the App Store, search for Bob and Penny Lord app, and download it. It's that simple. Here's what you can do with our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Number one, the, there's a link to our marketplaces, our websites, uh, our uh, blog, and this podcast. The second link is to our Bob and Penny Lord TV channel, where you can access all of our videos as seen on EWTN, plus a whole lot more. Thank you very much.